This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 816 with us this morning. Ruth- Murph, I almost said Rutherford County. It's- you're in Rutherford County. We serve the county too, Scott. Murphy's Pro Parks and Rec Director Nate Williams. How are you this morning? Good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. Thomas Laird and Rachel Singer also with you today. So uh, what what's happening with the parks? This is a crazy time of year. Uh, we're gearing up for our springtime. What's the, what's the temperature supposed to be today? Man, I don't I don't know. It, it like yesterday. It, it well the day yesterday before. Yesterday was weird. Yesterday so was yesterday weird. Was like rain, sun, rain, sun, wind. The day before, I think it was supposed to be a high of like sixty nine, but in my car, I, I think it said like seventy nine or eighty or something like that. So yeah. So this is the glimpse of spring and summer, and we're getting excited about it. I think uh, you've seen our outdoor facilities, our trails, and. Uh, the greenway and all over things are starting to get even green a little bit and you can come out and see what's happening but yeah we've got a lot of things we're gearing up getting ready for summer and our spring programming uh, our facilities are running just at a full clip right now too with uh, just people well it was, was spring right around the corner TSSAA spring fling is that going to be something that the parks are fully involved in yeah thomas can tell Absolutely. you kind of the history of that that's something that's a staple every year that we host three of the five sports here during spring fling uh, and it's something that's really become kind of a staple in Murfreesboro, and the businesses rally around and enjoy the competition that comes out, and uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. So, what what sports will I guess different teams be participating in right. on park property? It's the um, of course the TWSAA spring sports championships for all spring sports. So it's the spring fling, and we host softball, tennis, and soccer. Uh, soccer, of course, at Richard Siegel Soccer Complex, and then tennis at the Adams Tennis Complex, and softball is at Starplex there in McKnight Park. So will they be able to use that new indoor soccer facility this spring? Uh, yeah. We certainly hope that <laughs> we don't need it, but yeah. <laughs> it the is beauty. there. That's the beauty of the facilities at tennis and then at soccer. We've got these great outdoor facilities, and the goal is to host all of the games outside. But if the tournament organizers, the TSSAA, uh, determine a need to go inside then they might be able to i think ideally from a competitive standpoint they would like all games take place outside well and for the TWSAA championships the championship games require i mean usually anywhere from 500 to 1500 fans uh this indoor is not a spectator facility it's more of a training facility so there's i i would highly doubt that they would ever go indoors now we they Last year we went to turf field once it got a little wet, so uh, we have the turf backups. And, and whenever they have spring fling, I mean, you're talking about students from all over Tennessee who are coming here. Right. It's the championships for uh, what now? There's four uh, divisions in the, the public schools and then private school division two. So, uh, of course, that brings in a lot of money for. Murfreesboro and all of Rutherford County for sure. It is for the entire county. It's it's thousands of dollars because baseball is played at all the area high schools. Of course, track and field is at MTSU. Uh, so everyone's converging on Rutherford County for that one week. I, I, you know, I don't have the current numbers, but the things that I can remember was it's close to three point five million dollar economic impact, uh, and those are tourism dollars, which is what we like because. We don't have to pay any services for those people. We don't have to haul off their trash. Don't have to change diapers with them or anything like that. It just works out better. They come in, spend their money, and then they leave. And, you know, that's what makes, I think, 
the community here in Murfreesboro is what has made Spring Fling such a success. The entire community rolls out the red carpet uh, for these teams. At all of our venues, the volunteers are, you know, enthusiastic about helping, and uh, there's never a shortage of them. So uh, the way the community kicks in to do Spring Fling, it, it's really a testament to Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Yeah, I think that community element, I think the community just rallies around. If you drive through Spring Fling uh, week, the traffic's a little bit more congested, the restaurants are a little bit more full, and that's good for our local economy. Uh, but you see on the signs, people say, welcome athletes, coaches, TWSWA, and I think that's tangible. When the athletes come, when their families come, when the coaches come, they feel that just, you know, Murfreesboro spirit and engaging them in, in their athletics when they visit Murfreesboro. We're, we're experiencing that now with a, on a, or in a couple, a week or two on a, you know, similar scale with the girls and boys basketball tournaments coming to murphy center in which that's an older event than spring fling of course they've been here 30 40 years i i can't remember how long they've held that tournament but that kind of builds the excitement of spring fling everybody comes into town visits for the basketball and they're they're eager to get back and of course the cool thing about it is TWSWA they choose to have it in murfreesboro i mean they don't they don't have to it's it's a choice right. they could have it anywhere in the state and i think they have had it other places before in the past but they, they choose to have it here you know it's it's something that we like to have here we enjoy hosting and look forward to that relationship with the TWSWA for a long time I think if any of your listeners are interested and want to engage and kind of show that spirit of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County there's plenty of volunteer opportunities during that week uh, anybody who volunteers gets into the event for free so they can reach out to the uh, convention visitors bureau at the chamber of commerce and just seek out volunteer opportunities because there's plenty of them Definitely. I, I, I know the Chamber's always looking for those volunteers to help out with it, uh, but there is a lot to do, a lot to be done for sure over that whole Spring Fling weekend. I, does it start like on a, a Wednesday and carry on up until right. Saturday or what? They'll even start track and field events on a Tuesday, uh, and with the added division, a lot of the venues will start on Tuesday with games. So it'll run Tuesday through, try to finish by Friday, but a lot of the if games like softball, the double elimination uh, sports will may carry into Saturday. And you're talking about all day. I mean, for for some of these different games that are played, that literally what from morning to into the evening hours. It's a, it's a sun up to sundown uh, venture. Plus, you know, I've seen we've been out there till midnight and after before. I know Thomas's staff with the athletic side work really hard to make sure that the flow is really good, that the tournament organizers have what they need. Uh, and they, they don't take enough credit for the hard work that goes into the pre-side of it and then implementing the tournament throughout and then our maintenance staff. You know, what's what's I'm, I'm really proud of is that we can host an event like this and still keep the rest of the department open. You know, we don't have to shut down anything. We keep our trails open, keep our pavilions open, keep our facilities open. So uh, we're able to provide the best service we can on both sides. Again, you know, the, the thing that Spring Fling has done for us for so many years is these are the bo- the – soccer fields and the tennis courts and the softball fields that they play the high school state tournament so every kid in the state becomes aware of that and our tournaments and and the events we're able to offer throughout the year are you know the spring fling gives it validation that we have the quality facilities to host events like that and again, Spring Fling coming up this March, I guess. Is that what it in usually May. is? Spring in Fling's May. in May. Okay. It'll start in May. It's always the weekend before uh, Memorial Day. So 
uh, we're getting geared up for that. But basketball will start here uh, the first week of March for the girls and the boys are the second week of March over at uh, the Murphy Center. So can anybody sign up for basketball through Murfreesboro Parks and Rec, or, or have you got teams? Oh, this is the TWS oh, State talking about Tournament. Right. The real deal here. Our basketball, our local basketball <laughs> program is finishing up. We have tournaments going on this week. Uh, so Saturday will be the last day they'll crown the champions of the tournament. <laughs> so, so I guess the next next thing coming up would be like the coffee marathon. That That's one, or is that going on right now? Well. The Coffee Marathon um, is registration starts tomorrow, so that's perfect timing. Um, so, and then this beautiful weather, uh, it's just a great opportunity. And explain a little bit more about the Coffee Marathon, because I know this isn't a uh, TSSAA sanctioned event. <laughs> it might be the sixth. We're working on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Coffee Marathon is uh, just a great way to get out and get active. So um, you sign up, you pay your registration fee. It's only $25. You have, um, from the day that you sign up through May 31st um, to complete 26.2 miles. Uh, There's nine routes that are laid out so you get your maps when you sign up. Um, You go, you can you can walk the map, you can run it, you can do you know however you want Um, and then Usually each route is associated with uh, some type of coffee shop. So you would go in and get your passport stamped. And then once you've completed all nine routes in your 26.2 miles, you bring it back to Patterson and you get a, a really neat coffee mug. And, and do you drink coffee the whole route? You is can, that, absolutely. <laughs> heavily caffeinated event here. That's not uh, a bad idea. <laughs> so to sign up for the coffee marathon, where do folks go again? Uh, you can go to Patterson Park Community Center or uh, registration online, murfreesboroparks.com. And again, registration for that starts tomorrow. And then uh, I, I guess, Thomas, you said something before you came on the air talking about how the tennis courts are about to be renovated and a lot of changes at Old Fort Park are coming up. Right. Well, our biggest one is we're working, and Nate maybe can fill us in a little more on where we're at with that, was working on design for the skate park for murfreesboro which is huge uh, of course we're looking to renovate the facilities the existing facilities there in old fort park to kind of match adams tennis complex and the new skate park and uh, just give the whole park a facelift but we're really excited about the skate park so nate you got your uh, board ready i do yeah good I've been practicing uh getting plenty of elbow pads <laughs> knee pads shoulder pads Helmet. Pads. Yeah, helmet, all that. So, <laughs> so what, what about the skate park? When, when yeah. are we going to see that actually break ground? So to take just a little bit of a step back, Thomas was alluding to, I think you've been around Murfreesboro forever. A couple years. Yeah, a couple years. Yeah. And I think uh, you're like a lot of people have been around Murfreesboro for a long time. Old Fort Park has really kind of been the staple park in Murfreesboro. It's kind of our capstone park. It was a huge investment in the 70s uh, to build a park that big in Murfreesboro. Uh, and it's something that we consider just one of our, you know, you know, cherished parks in our park system. And it's about to go through a major facelift. Um, we're really excited. It includes uh, renovating the original eight courts that we're going to be doing. Council approved some funds for that a few weeks ago. Also renovating that front field, which I'm sure you played softball games on just like all of us. But that needs to be reha- rehabbed and, you know. Uh, the wear on that over the years has just been obvious and then also implementing a new skate park so uh, skate park we should be complete with design within the next two months Um, so we're looking at hopefully bidding during the summer and then probably break ground in early fall 
And give us an idea, when you drive into the front of Old Fort Park, where do you go for when that skate park is built? How do you, how are you going to get to it? So what we did was we switched the location. We had an original location that we were looking at underneath uh, Medical Center Parkway Bridge. Uh, but we looked at that and we thought the infrastructure that it would take to actually put there, talking about the parking lot and the lighting and stuff like that, would take up so much of the, our budget for that we have that it just doesn't make sense. So what we're going to use is the original uh, parking lot for pavilions one and two that used to be there, and we tore them down about five years ago because they were just in you know failing shape. So it'll be there. So when you come in, you'll go and take a right after you turn off Golf Lane and then pull into the old uh, uh, road that goes down to where the pavilions are. And so we'll have plenty of signage, and uh, it's basically right across the street from the overall street trailhead. So that is uh, kind of... On the other side of that little stream that goes through the park? Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be connected by bridge. You can access bathrooms that are about 100 yards away from where the skate park is. So we just feel like that's just the best place to tuck it in there and uh, build something. We've had a couple of community meetings about it, public input meetings. And I've been to a lot of, you know, public input meetings. And these were some of the most productive I've ever seen to see a group of people who are passionate and respectful and excited about what's coming and came up with really... Uh, something that we think the design is going to be uh, really something that'll be special for our park system. So is a skate park going to be fenced in or is it going to be kind of wide open and how is that going to look at night whenever the parks are, are typically closed? Yeah it'll be just like the rest of our parks it'll be kind of like a daylight daylight to dusk uh, park so eventually what we're going to show master plan is that we might be able to add lights in the future but right now we have a specific number. We have a budgeted you know, amount that we can spend on this, this skate park. So we're gonna design the park to that. And then you know, in the future, we can discuss and present to our city administration and council if we need to maybe add some, and they've been more than receptive when we can prove a need for something to be able to fund and get behind a project like that. So our goal right now is to implement the nicest skate park that we can build with the allotted funds. I know years ago, kind of in the front parking lot of the YMCA on Thompson Lane at Old Fort Park, yeah. there was a skate park, mainly wooden, half pipes, quarter pipes, stuff like that. Yeah, This is going to be nothing like that, though. No, it's going to be concrete. So it's going to be something that will be able to uh, withstand weather and withstand the usage that we expect. Uh, based on a lot of the input that we've had, we expect a lot of usage. We're also designing a pump track to be able to go next to it. Uh, and hopefully we can implement that as well with the uh, with the the skate park as a whole. So the pump track, I, I guess, for BMX bikers, but also from what I understand, scooters, all that stuff. Yeah, so strider bikes, scooters, skateboarders, roller tandem bikes. Yeah, <laughs> tandem bikes. Uh, maybe you and Thomas can try that one out. Well, for a lot of people that don't know exactly what a pump track is, it's basically a continuous loop where you're able to ride uh, the hills create enough momentum to get over the next one so a small inexperienced rider could go through it and creep through and make a full loop but someone who's got skills and knows how to pump the bike through can go through it pretty rapidly so it's a progression of skill level so it's a really a good component to have there uh, because it accommodates not just bikers but scooters skateboards everybody Uh, but it it's intended for all skill levels so much of the design i've learned a lot through this process the company that we're using is called new line and that's all they do is design skate parks Uh, our local representative is griggs and maloney but so much of the design revolves around making sure that we design elements that flow naturally where people don't back up or cross over on each other to keep it as safe as possible so 
Uh, we've seen a couple of the preliminary designs and really excited about really how that's taken shape. It's going to be concrete, not dirt, right? Or, Correct. Or is, okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Hey, now, in addition to all of that going on, we've already got a mountain bike course here in Murfreesboro that some may not know about. Yeah. So we've got uh, close to nine miles of trail at the backside of Barfield Crescent Park, uh, and it's off of Hemlock Drive, uh, and it's something that's utilized, and people really go out there and test their skills and, and – uh, jump some rocks (laughs) now is there like an advanced level course and a regular course for beginners there's a beginner intermediate and advanced so what i think your mountain biking community would say is that uh, it's not really a beginner beginner trail you want to make sure you start off making sure you understand the fundamentals of your bike riding down the road (laughs) yeah and then just kind of gradually just understand that uh just the the barfield lends itself to being a very rocky uh landscape so there's some uphill, downhill rock obstacles that you have to get used to. So I would say just make sure you can feel pretty comfortable on your bike and then get out there and try the beginner side of it uh, and test it out. It's not, I don't want to scare anybody away, but uh, it's something you just want to make sure you understand how your bike handles before you get out there. And the most important thing is wear your helmet. Definitely. That's the most important thing, especially any time you're riding your bike, I would say make sure you're wearing a helmet, especially uh, mountain biking with a lot of rock around. Now, we, we had a question that was emailed to us last time you guys were on, and uh, it was after you were already on the air. But the question was about Barfield Park. Why is it called Marshall Knob? Where, where did that name originate from? You didn't I, know this was going to be history I, I, class. I, I just have what history I've gotten. We had a former employee... <laughs> But we had a former employee said it was a fighting position during the Civil War. So it's a peak on top there at the, the hill of Barfield. There's a uh, lot of, uh, and that, that could very well be, I've heard that. Um, there, there's a lot of different theories um, on that park and what it's been used for, you know, previous to the park. There's also a great stone wall up there, and we've never had a definitive answer. We've had historians come out, and, um, you know, they all offer their suggestions. But um, what, Was there ever a house out there anywhere? There were some homesteads out there, um, sure. Interesting. Not on Marshall Knob, though. Oh, not on the top. <laughs> but, but, well, it's but it's interesting. You go to the top. I'll, I'll leave the person's name off of this, but uh, um, somebody who's local and has a lot of interest in history uh, gave me some detail what they think in the Civil War it might have played in that time and that rock wall and stuff. So it kind of really opens up your imagination about what it could be. I think, Rachel, what's the best way to see that that brick or that rock wall if you want to get and see it? Just because it will ra- really make your mind race about what could have been, you know, in the 1800s, right. 1800s and early 1900s. If you start off on the Marshall Knobs Trail right behind the Wilderness Station, it's a dirt single track trail. So it's it's a true hiking trail because we also have the paved trail out there. So, you know, make sure to, to bring your hiking boots, but you're, you can do it in tennis shoes or whatever. But just, just straight up the red trail is um, how it's blazed. And once you get to the top, you'll know when you're at the top because you'll be a little winded. Um, and then you look to the left and there's the rock wall. Hey, this time of year, you get a pretty good vantage mm-hmm. point of, you know. It's really extensive. Um, yeah, because when, when the vegetation starts growing in, you kind of miss a lot of the wall. Um, but the winter's a great time to see how extensive it is. Barfield's a great illustration, I think, of the buy-in of our park system in our community. You know, not many local municipalities have a park that's close to 500 acres. You know, we recently just added 73 acres to the backside, adding the um, the Oakwood Farm to it. And that's just something that's been, you know, just great for our park system, but shows the investment that leadership is wants to make in keeping and preserving the natural areas and giving people opportunity who might not have otherwise to get out into the woods and really enjoy nature in a unique way. So I know at some point uh, there is a place where you can 
kind of see Highway 231, and, and and I guess from there you can see where Marshall Knob used to go all the way up to Tiger Hill, because you can tell right where they cut 231 in the center. So it used to be much a, a much larger hill, all connected, I guess. It is, and the terrain is really different too. You know, you just you just go up a little bit in elevation, um, but the the landscape and the ecosystems are very different from down on the bottom. The well, right conditions, though, from whole seventeen bench at the mm-hmm. tee box on the disc golf course, you can almost see the whole city. Uh, mm-hmm. Dusk right at dark and. I, I heard a rumor that they uh, tested tanks out there at one point or another. I, I don't know if there's any evidence. <laughs> Tell of that us more. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <share laughs> with us. Who knows? I, I, that's all. I where heard. did that come Tell from? The story all the I don't remember where that came from. That's a good question. But it obviously wouldn't be during the Civil War. <laughs> It'd be way after that. It might. God, there's lots of scary stories First out there. Catch us in one. October. We didn't tell you a lot. That's yeah. right. But now, during the Civil War, I, I could see where that would kind of be on the route as troops headed to Chattanooga, I guess. Uh, between Nashville and Chattanooga, of course, stopping in Rutherford County for the battle here, but it's, it's you know. So many of our parks, you look back, and if you talk to, like, Jim Lewis at the uh, National Park, there, there's so much Civil War history wrapped up, and sometimes losing sight, just being from Murfreesboro and being around, you lose sight of how significant Murfreesboro was in the Civil War, you know. Uh, I think we, we're close to it at Old Fort Park. We've got Fortress Rosecrans and uh, so many other places on our Greenway, but it's really significant. The history that's just right in front of us, I think, that we just take for granted sometimes. Again, talking about Murfreesboro Parks and Rec this morning. With us today, we have Parks Director Nate Williams and also Assistant Directors. We have Rachel Singer with us and Thomas Laird. Time right now, 8.38. We're going to take a short break, but we will be right back. When the weather's at its worst, we're at our best. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. If I could talk to the animals. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. One of the best things about coming to Animal City is the knowledgeable and caring staff. Animal City offers gift cards in any denomination. When you stop in to see us at Animal City, make sure to explore all two stories of our wonderful pets and pet supplies. This is Amanda inviting your family to come in and do business with my family. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Lots of sunshine this afternoon and high of 74. Tonight, mainly clear, low near 53. Chance of seeing a few showers and storms Wednesday. A meteorologist, Laura Lockwood on News Radio, WGNS. Right now, 46. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. 
Member FDIC, equal housing lender. We got some good neighbors and we like bragging on them. Nominate a good neighbor every day. Put it in writing on WGNS. WGNS. AM. AM. FM. FM. Online. Good morning. It's been pretty busy and active over here as far as accidents. They're in the clearing stages of a couple of wrecks, 40 westbound near the airport. I'm starting to see a pretty good backup now in Pleasant View through that section of Robertson County. Yep, it's a wreck. 24 eastbound. That's around the 22-mile marker. Keep that in mind if you're coming in from Clarksville, Montgomery County. It's got traffic crazy slow. 24 eastbound. Again, through that section of Robertson County in Pleasant View as you head towards Nashville. Snapdragon Hemp. Serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products, edible flowers, concentrates. Order online today at snapdragon420.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Murfreesboro Parks and Rec Director Nate Williams with us this morning, along with Assistant Directors Thomas Laird and Rachel Singer. And uh, one of the questions we had was about metal detecting within the parks. Can you metal detect in Murfreesboro Parks? Probably somebody calling me about it right now. Is that what somebody's calling you about hey, right Scott, now? Can you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a funny response to this. I always tell people because we get this question uh, several times throughout the year. But you can metal detect all you want to. You just can't dig anything up. So you can go out there and metal detect and find something and just move on. But we do have no policy against metal detecting, but we do have a policy about disturbing or digging the ground anywhere within the park system. So that's the long story to say no. You probably That includes uh, <laughs> uh, digging up some flowers or trees mm. or things along the greenway. Uh, can't go out there and dig up shrubbery because I could use them in front of my house. That's a lot right. of that freeze burn, man. We're all needing some landscaping. <laughs> right, so, right. yeah. You know, we understand the passion, and, you know, I think that's it's great a lot of times to understand history and to find artifacts. But uh, just for our park system, we need to preserve it the best we can, everything about it, from, like Thomas said, the, the rocks, the trees, the plants, uh, the grass, everything needs to stay. So. Um, no, we don't uh, allow the traditional sense of metal detecting. Um, you can go out there and test your metal detector and see if it picks up metal, but you just can't disturb the ground underneath. I would say metal detecting is probably pretty big in this area it just is. because of the Civil War. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Have you all caught people out there digging up holes? and Absolutely. To... Yeah, and it's not. I mean, people understand. Did you throw them on the ground, felony arrest? Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> people who, uh, you know, find that as their passion or hobby, they really understand, you know, especially being within the park system we just have a conversation and uh, there's some places that they go and they can find stuff and similar to people that like to hit golf balls onto uh, athletic fields yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do a lot of people go out there and do that we have that quite a bit <laughs> yeah. nice. and, you know it's not that we're against golf whatever but we do have a <laughs> golf course in town uh, but they don't realize you, you never pick up all the balls yeah. And then you got kids playing, adults playing. They step on one of those golf balls, and it, you know, it just sets us up for. Lawnmower hits one, throws one into. That's it. A windshield or that's it. Somebody. So, uh, we got several different areas that, you know, in in the the best place I recommend if they're in McKnight Park, and I always ask them, you know, from the football field, the old fo- football fields to, to move down between Starplex and the Fourfield Complex. There's a huge special event space we have there the grass you know we mow a little taller so the mower doesn't pick up those balls uh, and there's not a lot of pedestrian traffic so it's a great place for 
I, I know you, we, we were going to talk about summer camps next, but we had one more question. Many of us enjoy walking on the boardwalk at the Discovery Center. Uh, I found it closed for months upon checking inside. They said you guys closed it for some kind of maintenance. If this is so, can it not be opened until work is actually started? But yeah, I, I've noticed that too. That's yeah, right. so safety is our number one priority. You know, our standard that our facilities need to be clean, safe, and fun. Uh, and safe is one of those three elements. So uh, we had to do some assessments on there. We've had engineers looking at it and coming up with specifications on how to repair that. And right now the recommendation from structural engineers is to, out of an abundance of caution to keep it closed. And we're working right now, our, um, our project coordination team and construction for the city is working on what that looks like. And they understand, you know, the, the, our desire to get it open as soon as possible. So, and I guess what they're talking about, the trails right there behind the discovery center, yeah. the, uh, the walkways through the swamp. Yeah, yeah, it's a great view and it's coming up on a season where we understand people really enjoy it and we're trying to get that done as soon as possible. Uh, we, <laughs> if I could just really convey to the, the community, we want that open just as bad as everybody does. It hurts us every single day knowing that that thing's closed, but we're going to act out of an abundance of caution right now just to make sure it's safe. Uh, and we'll provide as much information uh, once we can get it on the assessment of the bridge and then the repair what that looks like to make it back open but it pains us uh, every single day that that thing's closed and of course that area another area of renovation because they're going to be daylighting that town creek that goes directly into or comes out of murphy spring yeah yeah that's something the community is really excited about i think we're going to add some really unique spaces in downtown murfreesboro and really change the landscape of what it looks like and what the downtown kind of brand is so that's something that we're fortunate to be able to see tie into our park system you know you got between uh, the Murphy Spring, the Boardwalk, and then all the way down to Cannonsburg. It's kind of that whole area. So I think they've already started tearing down some buildings out there. Yeah, we're we're excited to see that come to come to fruition. So that'll be cool. And then talks of an outdoor amphitheater near Cannonsburg. Did any of that ever materialize? Not, you know, it, it's been master plan for years or thought of, and everybody said that would be a great idea. Um, but I think our development services uh, team for the city is looking just at everything. And I think they've uh, really established what it could look like going forward and have different opportunities. I think right now the priority is looking at what daylighting Town Creek looks like. Uh, we do have the Cannonsburg property, and that'll play a a role in some form or fashion, um, but we're a little bit away from really establishing exactly how that looks like on the back end. And it looks like we're about to see a huge influx in residents, specifically in downtown Murfreesboro, with condos being built on one side of the square, then condos being built right here where we're sitting now in the near future. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be crazy to see, man. It's it changing, changes happening in Murfreesboro, and I'm I'm excited about the responsible. Uh, manner in which it's taking place and really the thoughtful you know we uh, think from our development services team not just doing anything but really analyzing and seeing what would be the best fit for downtown murfreesboro and murfreesboro as a to in whole and one of those things will be a, a walkway over broad street which will connect downtown to that new daylighting of town creek and cannonsburg and everything over there yeah yeah I'm, that, that's all i've got <laughs> summer camps <laughs> summer camps are coming up in the city <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something else. I'll say whatever you want to. I'm just you're getting me excited just talking about it. So, no, I, I, we are excited about that project. I think you were involved when the discussions early on about daylighting Town Creek. We've never seen something more universally uh, excitable for the community. I think everybody was for it and excited about that process. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that turns out. 
and we look forward to the end result. I, I keep thinking of, what was it, is it San Antonio, Texas, yeah. that has that little creek that goes through like a river? Yeah, and I think there's different models. I think that's one that they've looked at and just see how it could look like. I mean, it won't look exactly like that because the amount of water is not the same, but, you know, there is a body of water flowing through, and I think we, we can expose that in some natural greenery and other elements that I've seen uh, that have been really exciting to see. You could What's coming? Build little waterfalls into the thing. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you could do. I guess there's all kinds of things you can do. <laughs> so summer camps right. coming up. What? Well, I say coming up. We're, we're in February right now, but people well, are what starting to sign up or think about. Starts tomorrow morning. So um, we're, we're really excited about. It. I just tallied. We've got over 30 weeks of weeks of camps that we have that we're offering starting this summer starting this summer so over the course of the summer we've got th- over 30 weeks of camps and that's just something that has grown exponentially i think in, in our time here we were offering maybe 10 camps throughout early on you know 15 years ago throughout the course of summer and that's just increased a ton and that's a testament to our staff that work really hard that work year-round to make these camps something that's really desirable with that said these camps are very desirable uh, and registration doesn't open until eight o'clock and you can register in person at Sportscom, Patterson, or administrative office at Barfield. But we also have online registration now. So that will open up at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. And if I could just give a, a plug out right now, one of our staff members at our office, just hearing what's happening uh, every single day for hours and hours, Debbie Terry has worked just tremendously to make sure people call in and get their uh, unique numbers and get their accounts set up. And that happens all day, every day. That's the way our system's set up. So we're trying to streamline, for, streamline that for our uh, patrons and our, the people who were on the register, but it's just endless work, and I can't say enough about the work she puts in uh, all day long about that. But that if, opens up at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, and then go to MurfreesboroParks.com to see the parks, the the camps that are offered, and the weeks, and all the details about each one. But if you've never registered for anything online with the mm-hmm. parks department in the past, I recommend looking into that today. Make sure you have your login, your password, all of that. Uh, you can go to Mercerville Parks and find details on that to register. Yeah, and if there's a camp that you're really specifically looking at, uh, there's a good chance that a lot of people are specifically looking at that. So if there's one that you want to get, you need to make sure you have your account set up today so you can do that. Because if you don't have that set up at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, you won't get in that camp because you'll have to set up an account. Just like any you know website, you've got to set up an account to do it. And that takes just a little bit of time, but you'll probably miss out on that camp. And what age group are we talking about and what type of variety of camps have we got this coming summer? All of our camps start at age eight, uh, and that's to help us meet the you know, required ratio of staff to camper uh, ratio. Uh, but then we have a wide variety of camps from cultural arts, arts camps, history, Cannonsburg offers uh, camps, there's wilderness, outdoor adventures, sports camps, specific sports, volleyball, everything cheerleading literally everything uh, right babysitter we we do have explorer camp that's open for five to seven year olds so if you've got some littles that want to be outside that's a great camp so with explorer camp what what do you you go hiking we do so it's based out of the wilderness station so crafts and hiking and uh animals and it's just a half day camp um because their attention span so it's it's a really fun activity just to kind of introduce them to the outdoors i I can relate i've got a half day attention span too if not a lot (laughs) (laughs) i i noticed at the wilderness station there's there's a lot of uh animals there snakes and was it a is it a hawk behind there red tail hawk american kestrel two screech owls turtles snakes a little bit of everything then a little bit of everything (laughs) (laughs) and thomas what were you gonna say about camp oh 
we need to invite you to come out to uh, sports camp at Sports Com. Oh, that's me, a sports man. That would be your camp. <laughs> <laughs> Some dodgeball. <laughs> For dodgeball. They take that very seriously. I tried to go out there and play one time and. They'd been playing for a few days Left before crying. I got out there. You know, yeah. you the difference in our dodgeball is, now we use soft safety balls, of course, but you know, you watch a dodgeball game at the schools and they have two dodgeballs and 40 kids. Well, we have 60 kids, but we have 60 dodgeballs. We don't start a game of dodgeball until everybody has a ball. <laughs> I, I, I'm still traumatized over dodgeball in elementary school. <laughs> well, now, that was, that was the big red, hard rubber The big balls. red balls. That, yes, <laughs> Concussion. You, <laughs> you know, I, I think if you showed that to kids these days, that they would be a little surprised even that y'all use this for dodgeball? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah right off before. of your forehead. Yeah. So, some of the most aggressive dodgeball we've seen is um, the lock-in that Thomas would put on every year. At Sportscom, and it's all fun until about three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. The kids are tired. It all gets personal. Then it then. becomes very personal. <laughs> do, do they use the uh, painful the red safety balls? balls. No, <laughs> it's always safety balls. Yeah, you know our parents. <laughs> they, they have they a, a slight balls. thing. It's an irritation when you get hit with those. Things. It makes makes them mad. All in good fun. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of life lessons are taught in dodgeball. You know, oh, anger yeah. management. Yeah. Can we focus the whole next show on the yeah, Thomas's the life lessons of, of dodgeball? Dodgeball. Well, you know, if, if our generation used the, the round blow-up balls, and our parents' generation probably used bowling balls. And yeah, <laughs> and they had to hike 15 miles to right. go play, right? Baseballs uh, for dodgeball. But it is, it is fun to watch a kid come in and camp on Monday, and they're behind the back, back wall and scared, and then by the end of the week, they're on the front row <laughs> dodging the balls, and, and you know, it, it's a lot of fun. The so, kids tend to grow. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they blossom during these camps, and it's fun to see them you know shy away i think from any part of our camps you know from the outside outdoor camps to our sports camps to our junior lifeguard camps kids come in a lot of them are just kind of hesitant to jump right in on a monday morning but by tuesday they're they're just all in and really having a great time so are all these camps a week long two weeks long or are they the full summer most week long Okay. Week by week. We don't do a full summer camp, but I mean, if you look at sports camp, that goes every week throughout the summer except the week of 4th of July. And a parent can sign their child up for multiple camps, I guess, throughout the summer. They could go to sports camp all summer long. It's just a different camp each week. So may learn about baseball one week or softball? Well, it's every day. So, you know, one day they'll do, you know, activities together and then they'll have a specific sport like soccer or baseball or flag football. Uh, So every day they go portion of the camp and then after lunch they are at the outdoor pool with the water park at sportscom so that's always a big hit all right uh, again to sign up uh, sign ups are going to be open registration open tomorrow, tomorrow for summer camps within the city of murphy's pro and uh sign up online or you can go to some of the different parks yeah. offices again mm-hmm. right you can go to sportscom patterson or our main office uh, but again the online registration is a great option just make sure you have your account set up prior to eight o'clock tomorrow morning all right sounds good it, anything we left off we got a uh, senior programs anything new going on there uh, you know the senior center just continues to grow i think mark was giving us the numbers the other day and they're averaging uh around 360 to 375 seniors per day at uh, st Clair senior center for that facility that's a huge number uh but they have just if you've never been over there if you're 60 and over and you you think that it's for older adults it is a very vibrant place uh, from yoga classes to line dancing and uh, arts and crafts it, 
it's phenomenal and a lot of people are unaware that St. Clair is you know a recreation facility it's not just a it, it's a very active recreation right. facility. We have wellness classes. We have games going nonstop and uh, dances and all kinds of stuff. Pool hall. You know, if, if you look at the percentages of how many people go to the senior center, and then you look at the percentages in other cities and how many people go to the senior centers there, I, I would guess here in Murfreesboro, you've got a much higher percentage of folks who are involved who are seniors who go to the senior center. It's, oh, it's different than others. A- absolutely. And, you know, we often have Mark. Owens and his team over there do such a great job. We often have other senior centers that come to our facility just to figure out what we're doing, how we're getting that many seniors. Most of them's numbers hit between, you know, 25 to 75. Uh, and our, our seniors are, you know, they, they've found that as kind of their second home. I, I bet. I, I wonder, I'm sure there's studies out there, percentage of the population that goes to senior centers. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder what the numbers would, would be and how, how we kind of factor into that. Right. It'd be a fascinating study. I would I'd they, love to do a study on that for each yeah. one of our facilities. I would facilities love for you. From that, the, you know, for I mean, honestly, the, from the Wilderness Station, how many people utilize such a small facility and it's become really something that people know exactly. You know, it's a go-to place for, you know, parents with kids and uh, way to unique, uniquely experience, you know, a recreation facility. But I'd say about, about any facility that we have. You know, I, I've walked through Barfield Park like 10 million times, you right. know, over the years. But it does seem like there is always something going on at the wilderness station as far as their doors are open people are bringing their their kids in there to see the different animals the snakes or or to learn about something new but there's always something going on there's always people there no matter what Mm -hmm. there is and the staff um, is super creative just like in all of our facilities and it's really neat to see them have that that you know specialized passion um, that each staff member brings to their own facility to see what the community wants and then you know how to interpret it and make it fun now at barfield park that added land i, I know we opened with barfield park but the added <laughs> land that was purchased recently it, are trails on that property yet not yet we've master planned what that could look like and we're still working on that and how we can incorporate that with the rest of the park so uh, more to come on that and right now we're just preserving it you know we have 78 three acres that is not going to be developed uh, and something that we can have just kind of as an oasis for murfreesboro residents and visitors to murfreesboro to come and enjoy again talking about murfreesboro parks and rec this morning with parks director nate williams and also with us rachel singer and thomas laird but uh, thank you all for joining us scott we always appreciate the opportunity definitely thank Ta- you, scott. Ta- no problem time right now eight fifty nine. stay with us more news and information coming your way next. All that's news with Matt Lane, weekday afternoon. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. You've got advanced prostate cancer, but you're not waiting around. You want your straight talk to facts about a Govix. Orgovix Religolix 120 milligram prescription tablets is a treatment for adults with advanced prostate cancer. Fact, Orgovix is a different kind of androgen deprivation therapy treatment, a pill, not an injection. Orgovix may cause serious side effects, including a heart condition called QT prolongation. Tell your doctor right away if you feel dizzy, faint, have a racing or pounding heart or chest pain. 
Orgovix can cause harm to an unborn baby or miscarriage. Use birth control during treatment and for two weeks after Orgovix treatment. The most common side effects include hot flushes, increased blood sugar and blood fat levels, muscle and joint pain, decreased blood hemoglobin levels, increased liver enzymes, tiredness, constipation, and diarrhea. Other side effects include weight gain, decreased sex drive, and erectile function problems. Orgovix may cause infertility. Talk to your doctor if infertility is a concern for you. Go with Orgovix. Ask your doctor. For more facts, visit GoWithTheFacts.com.